Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to the final pop-up episode of Bear With Me as me and Jacob Infante are about to cover the final two Bears picks because let's be honest, they just didn't need to be their own podcast as the Bears, uh, according to what Jacob said pre-pod, basically just drafted for the sake of the players' names alone and they pick up Arlington Hambright and Lachavius Simmons. Uh, What's amazing to me, based on the very little I've been able to find, because, of course, I'd never heard of these guys, both offensive linemen, by the way, is that Arlington Hambright is a crazy athlete. And according to uh, Math Bomb, which is Kentley Platt, if you follow him on Twitter, he does relative athletic scores. His RAS is 9.5. That means he's basically the top 95% of athletes at his position, and the Bears get this guy in the seventh round. Jacob explain this to me how does a guy get that low and what are a couple things that we need to know about Hambright and Simmons uh so truth be told knowing his athletic testing I'm a bit surprised that Hambright fell this far I mean he's far from a household name but he is still you know a freakish athlete who's about six five and around 300 pounds so with that those physical tools I'm a bit surprised he fell this far uh So, obviously, he played left tackle at Colorado. A lot of people are projecting him as a guard, which, honestly, I can see. I do think he has the athleticism to play at tackle if necessary. Uh, He was a graduate transfer at Colorado this past year and was a starter all year. Uh, He played for Oklahoma State for a little bit, and he also uh, started off his collegiate career in junior college. Uh, So, he's been around... Uh, the country for his development early on in his career. Uh, He's an athletic guy. Uh, He's got really good lateral quickness and he climbs to the second level with impressive acceleration. Uh, He's a bit raw, so he's not the type of guy who can step in right away and make an impact. But he's with his length and his athletic talents, I think that there's really something to work with. And he has a good understanding of how to use his hips, how to square up, to the defender and make sure that he gets as good of an angle and pass protection as he can. So I really like that part of his game. I think that if he can clean up his uh, pad level a little bit and, you know, from what I've seen, he uh, tends to lunge at times and lean forward a little bit at the point of attack. So if he can clean that up, I think they've got a really fun developmental lineman on their hands. Hey, that's cool. What about Simmons? So with Simmons, he's a small school guy from Middle Tennessee State. So off of that alone, he might be a type of guy who'd take a redshirt year or two and start off on the practice squad. But from what I've seen from him, which admittedly isn't as much as uh, the draft picks that we talked about earlier today, he seems like a mauler. He seems like a hard-nosed offensive lineman who just wants to punish his opponents and drive them into the dirt. 
Now, when you're looking at small school players, especially with offensive linemen, you're looking for guys who can absolutely dominate their competition. And I think Simmons did exactly that. He just looked overmatched against his competition with his upper body strength. He's got super powerful hands uh, in the way he punches at the point of attack and his grip strength when he latches onto you and just drives you back. I do think, you know, as is the case with Hambright, uh, his pad level can improve a little bit. He's, you know, nowhere near as good of an athlete as Hambright is. So he may not have that same developmental upside, but I do like Latavius Simmons, especially as a guard. I really like what he brings as a run blocker. And he has experience, I found out, at both tackle and both guard positions. So he's really a type of guy you can mix and match anywhere. And that versatility, I think, can make him a really nice death piece for the Bears in the long run. So set my expectations then, Jacob, because these are two seventh rounders with, if I'm remembering correctly, pick number 227 and 228. So obviously we're not running out there and we're not going to get Tristan Wirfs out of these guys. But at the same time, they sound really athletic and you're saying all the right things to get a fan like me excited. So what should we expect? Are they just big, big old balls of clay? that the offensive line coach in Juan Castillo is going to have the ability to potentially mold into starters? Or should I be looking at these guys as more of a depth or swing position? Uh, I honestly think both of these guys are more depth of anything else. I think Hambright has a bit of a higher ceiling due to his athletic ability, but I do think both of them can be solid depth pieces going forward. Uh, I mean, obviously, technique is a bit of a problem with both of them. So they're not the type of guys who can, you know, step in right away in the starting lineup, which for a seventh round pick, you're definitely not expecting, especially for an offensive lineman in most cases. But I do think that Hambright has athleticism to work with. Simmons has strength and versatility to work with. So I do think they're a bit of multiple balls of clay because their technique isn't all that great. And at, with the case of Simmons, I think that bringing him to an NFL coaching staff, especially with a guy like Juan Castillo as your offensive line coach, I think that would be, you know, it's going to turn out to be very good for his development, I think. And with Hambright, I think that the same could go with him. Uh, I mean, he's played in Colorado, so he's a bigger school guy. But at the same time, uh you know, his technique necessarily isn't up to par. So I think with Castillo, uh, you're really giving him two uh, completely raw but versatile guys who can play either guard or tackle, and they each have something to bring to the table uh, for one reason or another. So I think that it's the type that these guys are players that you just give to Castillo and say, hey, we'll give you these guys to work with. You do the rest. Sounds good to me, and I know I've said that a lot, but really, Pace seems to be stringing together a good back part of the draft. And apologies to anybody who's taking me too seriously. Uh, the picks were 226 and 227, so I was off by one. But even so, seeing the Bears now with a full class, they have now got two of these developmental offensive linemen, and whether they project a tackle or not, I don't know, but I do look back in the past and remember that Charles Leno was once a seventh round pick. So it's not impossible. 
I'm not saying it's probable, but hey, who knows? I'll certainly be interested to see or to watch them move forward, but with Ifedi and Spriggs having been brought in over the last couple weeks of free agency, and now these two, it's enough to make me feel as if there are plenty of warm bodies at this offensive line position that, who knows, maybe the Bears could find the right guard or the right tackle that they need. Did either of these two guys struggle with injury history? What brought them down to the seventh round? Was it just issues? Was it Simmons' small school nature? Was it their technique really is that raw? What's going on here? Uh, So I think a big part of it with both guys is that lack of technique. Like you mentioned, I think as the case with uh, Hambright is, he doesn't necessarily have a ton of starting experience. Uh, He only has 2019 uh, as starting experience as far as playing at the FCS level goes. Uh, I mean, he did start the first five games, I believe, in 2018 for Oklahoma State, but then he got hurt, and then that kept him out for most of the season. So he doesn't necessarily have plenty of starting experience you know, at a significant level. So I think that knocked him down a little bit. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head what that injury is that Hambright had. I'd have to look at that. But I do think starting experience, technique, and maybe a lack of bulk because Hambright's only 300 pounds, which I know only 300 pounds sounds like a bit, you know, crazy to say. But when you're looking for an NFL offensive lineman, you want him to probably gain uh, 10 or 15 more pounds. And as the case with Simmons goes is I think his small school nature nature uh, naturally knocks his stock a little bit. And there's kind of a bit of inflation there with his playing style. He got away with, you know, not being able to sink his hips and keep his weight underneath him with, you know, just overpowering upper body strength. So I think, you know, technique is a big thing with Latavia Simmons. He's not nearly the athlete as Hambright is. So I think that could hurt his upside a little bit that, you know, I think Hambright has a little bit more room to grow than Simmons does. So I think that's part of the reason he fell this far in the draft. But I do think both of them bring some quality traits to the table. And I think I really like the idea of drafting two offensive linemen late and hoping to see if one of them develops into maybe a starter. You never know. Uh, Worst case scenario, it's a seventh round pick. It doesn't really hurt you that much if it doesn't pan out. But I see both of these guys with potential to develop into uh, versatile depth pieces for this offensive line, which I think looking at their depth chart right now, they do have Jermaine Effetti. They do have Jason Spriggs, but they don't have any really young developmental guys. And now they have two of those, which I'm a really big fan of. Absolutely. And they don't call it developmental for no reason, to be completely clear. So I hear what you're saying. Past the fourth round, a lot of these guys become developmental, maybe even in the fourth round if you're talking about a tackle. But in the earlier rounds, they're just a player. They're just a tackle. They're expected to start in many cases. So like you're saying, seventh round, you go, you get high athletic guys that can come in and play the position. I mean, that's a very similar route to how we found Bilal Nichols, and he is a contributor on the defensive line. Whether you think he's a stud or a role player, either way, that's a lot out of a fifth round pick. And to your point, If the Bears can get something out of these seventh rounders, that's great. And if not, I love the way EJ, uh, our other draft guy, refers to seventh rounders as priority free or priority UDFAs because 
people i know plenty of bears fans have talked about alex bars and wondering how he plays into the future but he was an undrafted free agent and though he did have a second or third round grade on some people's boards he's still a udfa and that means the bears aren't committed to him necessarily at all and if they don't think he's going to make an impact next year it's no skin off the bears back to bring in more players certainly I don't see downside with this. Do you think that there's a position that the Bears may have missed that this cost them at? Or is this exactly the kind of finish that you'd like to see to what has been the Bears draft? Uh, Honestly, I think they did a very good job of addressing every major need that they have on their roster right now. I would have maybe preferred they take an offensive lineman a little bit earlier, but at the same time, I'm a very big fan of the players they got. So there's definitely no complaints for me there. Maybe added to safety. I think that I, like we talked about earlier, I think Dion Bush can start for the bears, but I think that they could have potentially added some uh, competition for him there at strong safety. I, I don't know. I think safety would probably be the only position that I wish the bears added some talent at, but we'll see what they do. With undrafted free agents, we'll see if they bring in any veterans uh, after the draft, which is a possibility. But overall, though, I'm very happy with what the Bears did in the draft. I think they addressed basically everything that they needed to. I think they got the players that they needed to get. They got their tight end in Cole Komet. They got their guy at a position where they've had terrible production in uh, in 2019. They got a great Amukamara replacement in Jalen Johnson, who can be a very good starter in the league. Uh, and then you look at Travis Gibson, the athletic edge rusher, Kendall Vildor, the uh, physical nickel cornerback, and Darnell Mooney, you know, the speedster at receiver. And now these two offensive linemen, I think they got everything they needed for the most part. I think it's a very talented class, a, ta- a class that can – has guys that can step in right away and make an impact and guys that you can develop long term. I think they had, did a very good job of blending, like we mentioned earlier in a separate podcast, they blended the win now and the win later approaches very well, in my opinion. I agree with that. It's certainly hard to disagree. And look, I could look back and I could say if the Bears offensive line in 2020 and 2021 is underperforming that dadgummit, I wish that instead of Gibson, we could have drafted an offensive lineman. But the truth is, and I'm sure you know this, the successful offensive lineman that I would be looking for would be more of a third or fourth rounder anyways. To ask a fifth rounder to be your big dreamy solution at a lot of these offensive line positions That's a lot. Seventh round lottery tickets are slightly less valuable than those fifth round lottery tickets, but they might be a little bit closer than some would want to admit. At least that's where I'm standing, and maybe you could correct me. My point in this being, I'm with you. I would have loved to see offensive line addressed a little bit earlier, but if they can turn these picks into any kind of value at all, that's almost as good as it could have been in that fifth round spot certainly Kendall Valdor it might be the one position that I question the most in terms of us taking him but I'm also not in the draft room and I don't know what they think about Duke Shelley last time I saw him was almost a year ago at this point uh, in the preseason so I don't know how he developed not really and if he needs a replacement he needs a replacement it's tough because the Bears did exactly what we wanted them to do 
they took their medicine, they drafted with the picks that they had, roughly, and they really only pulled out a future fourth rounder from the cupboard of the future. And now they head into 2021 with a much better draft setup and into 2020 with most of their needs addressed in some way, shape, or form. I don't know. That's where I sit. And certainly, I think that I, I don't know if I would go as far as saying they knocked this draft out of the park, but it wasn't bad in any capacity. I think it was pretty good, frankly. I don't know. Do you have final thoughts on the class in general? Overall, I think the final class that the Bears came up with in this draft was pretty impressive. I, I'm with you. I wouldn't say they totally knocked it out of the park, uh, but I would say they did a great job. I'd say that they you know, like I mentioned earlier, they blended the win now with the win later. They got guys who can step in and start right away, guys who can, you know, contribute in sub packages. And then you added a few players who can develop down the line and potentially crack either crack the starting lineup or serve as great depth uh, for a couple of years. So I think the Bears are sitting in a very good position with this draft class. I'm excited to see what undrafted free agents they end up with because the Bears have done a pretty good job signing some undrafted gems under Ryan Pace. But I think that the class that they ended up with is very good. And I think that they did a very good job of setting themselves up for the future uh, with adding some talented young prospects, which they were admittedly pretty thin on entering this class, in my opinion. So kudos to Ryan Pace. He brought in some youth to the roster. He brought in a handful of guys who can step in and contribute. I'm happy with how they did. At this point, Jacob, all I could say, because I'm with you, I'm happy about it, is that I'm really dying to see Hambrighton Simmons in camp. I mean, if they're as athletic as it seems like, I'm just really curious to see what they'd look like with the pads on in an NFL setting. I don't know. But even saying that about some seventh rounders makes me feel pretty good about this class. And overall, I'm about ready for the season. What about you? Yeah, I honestly can't wait. I think that the Bears added a decent amount of talent in both free agency and the draft. And whether you you know, agree with bringing in Nick Foles or signing Jimmy Graham or you know, drafting Cole Komet in the second round, the fact of the matter is they brought in talent and they brought in you know, a bunch of new faces to a roster that already on paper has some great talent on it and they underwhelmed in 28 and 2019 excuse me uh so now you're looking towards this next year coming up you've got a roster that's been to the playoffs that's proven they can succeed under certain circumstances and arguably i think the bears improved when you look at their roster right now and looking at the roster heading into the end of the season. So I'm excited too. I can't wait for the season to start. I think it's going to be really interesting. And I legitimately think the bears are in a good enough position where if they even have average quarterback play, then they can make the playoffs. Totally agree there. And at this point, there's no reason to say anymore. And all we got to do is to just start the long process that is waiting for August. And Hey, that's even if things start on time, but We'll see. Jacob, thank you so much 
for your work over the last three days putting together these podcasts with me. Your insight has been invaluable. Uh, thank you for the work that you've done with these threads, showing a lot of these prospects off to those of us that just don't get the chance to see a lot of the film that certainly it seems like you've got access to and the just the way that you're able to point out the different uh, aspects and attributes that make these prospects who they are. This is awesome stuff. You've done a great job, and thank you, Jacob. Thanks, Robert. I've been really... Uh, enjoying this past weekend when analyzing all these draft picks and working towards that and hopping on the show has been a big part of that. So thanks for you know having me on, having EJ on, and I- I've really enjoyed it. And it helps that we've had some great draft picks to talk about too. Absolutely. Can't wait for the season and I will talk to you again soon. Awesome. Thank you. So thank you so much again.